This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News, episode 384 on Now You Know. Thank you to Policy Genius for sponsoring this episode. So the new year is a time when many set off to get organized or get things in order. The start of 2024 is an opportunity to tackle the financial planning tasks on your to-do list, like shopping for life insurance. So if you have anyone relying on your income, getting life insurance should be a priority. I feel better knowing that if anything happened to me, Jesse wouldn't have to figure out how to financially handle things. Policy Genius is your one-stop shop to find and buy the insurance you need at the right price. Policy Genius knows how valuable your time is. That's why their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Their licensed, award-winning agents can help you find the best fit for your needs. They work for you, not the insurance companies. That means that they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another. Policy Genius is for parents, caregivers, and anyone else who has people who depend on them. They simplify the process of getting life insurance so you can protect the people you love. They have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. To start comparing quotes and simplify insurance buying, check out Policy Genius at policygenius.com slash now you know, or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. Thanks to Policy Genius for sponsoring this video. So Tesla posted last week, upgraded Model 3 is now available in North America. The Highland is here. Here it is on the Tesla website. So, okay, what are we talking about? Highland, Tesla Highland, what are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, so many new features we've already talked about. I mean, it's already come to Europe and Asia, so you pretty much know all the new cool features. Um, and yeah, Elon posted improved Model 3, now available. So we're talking about better glazing, so better sound. Yeah, absorption. all the windows now. Yep. Quieter ride. Interior upgrades from the, the LED that runs yeah. across the whole thing. Um, obviously, the front fascia and, and the exterior have some changes as well. Yeah, little things you don't even think about, like those door hooks that hold the doors closed during a crash to make it even safer. Mm. But hang on, uh, I'm here on the Tesla website and I don't see the Model 3 performance as an option. Hmm. I just see the rear wheel drive and the dual motor all-wheel drive. Is it gone for good? W what do you mean? W why is the Model 3 performance gone from the Tesla website? Maybe they don't want it to compete with the Model S anymore. But I mean, the Model 3 performance was the only version of the Model 3 that was gonna qualify for the full $7,500 federal tax credit. We talked about that last week. Well, maybe the new refreshed Model 3 will too. We asked our patrons about it this week on the Patreon poll, and we'll go to those results later in the show. 
And remember to join our Patreon for the Patreon poll as well as many other cool perks. So speaking of the $7,500 US federal tax credit, Tesla is now officially offering the $7,500 point of sale rebate directly off the purchase price of a Tesla. You just click yes during the ordering process. This is such a big change. Now an estimated 250 million US residents will be eligible up from just 75 million before. And it's all point of sale. The credit comes right off the sticker price. But I'm confused because according to the fine print, I've been reading about income limits. Yeah, so that hasn't changed. Uh, there are upper income limits to qualify for the credit. 150,000 for single filers, 225,000 for head of household and $300,000 for married couples. You can use either your adjusted gross income from the year you take delivery or the year before, whichever is lower. Whichever is lower, that's nice. And it's adjusted gross income, so it's complicated. It's not just like what your paycheck is. You have to do the calculations. It often comes out to be better than you think. Hmm. Again, I don't think that many people outside of our bubble of EV fanatics knows what this is. So you may want to bring it up with friends and family who have been on the fence about buying an EV. Yeah, it's going to dramatically impact the cost of buying EVs that qualify. Hey, and if you want to share a story from this show, but you don't want to share the whole hour-long episode with your friends, uh, go to our Now You Know Clips channel on YouTube or on X, where you can find a lot of our stories there as well. And if you like the show we do, please hit the like button. It really helps us out. YouTube uh, doesn't really share things unless you hit the like button. So for the first time, Tesla has overtaken VW and Subaru in the US with a higher market share. You mean like with EV sales? No, no, no. Uh, in car sales, period. Take a look at this chart from Cox Automotive. Tesla sold over 654,000 cars in the US in 2023, a 4.2% market share. So that beats Volkswagen? Subaru, BMW, Mazda, Daimler, Volvo, and Range Rover. Yep. They have a higher market share than those companies in the U.S. last year. And Elon posted 6.9% is the next milestone, obviously, because... 420. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. By now, I think everyone has heard about the Houthi rebel missile and drone attacks on ships going from Asia to Europe through the Gulf of Aden to the Red Sea. This has disrupted trade dramatically, reducing shipping through the Red Sea by about 65% as many shipping companies are having to reroute ships to go the longer route, traveling south around Cape of Good Hope in South Africa instead of through the Suez Canal. This is about 3,100 miles longer and adds about 10 days of travel time, which, by the way, costs an extra million dollars in fuel per ship. Per ship. According to Reuters, it has now affected Tesla, which says it is now affecting Giga Berlin. Tesla says it will close Giga Berlin for two weeks from January 29th through February 11th due to the lack of components. Volvo is also reportedly pausing production due to the lack of parts. Now, there is speculation on the interwebs that this is just a smokescreen. Tesla's really shutting down Giga Berlin because demand for the Model Y in Europe is falling. Well, hang on, bucko. Tesla sales in Europe have been rising steadily. Yeah, take a look at this chart from Troy Teslike. Does that look like falling demand to you? This is Tesla registrations in Europe. Now, a lot of different colors there, right? But the probably the one you really care about most is the one on top there, the red one. That's 2023. Or how about this post from Roland Percher about Tesla's year-over-year -year growth? So out of 26 countries... Only two did not grow last year, UK and Germany. And the Model Y was the best-selling car in 2023 in Norway, Sweden, Denmark, the Netherlands, Switzerland, Finland, Ireland, Iceland, and China. Yeah, and take a look at this chart here. So Tesla has gone up in market share from 2022, which is shown in green, to 2023, which is shown in orange, in almost every market. Thanks again to Roland Percher for his excellent work. I recommend following both Roland and Troy Tesla on X. All right, everybody, it's time to play. Is it Greenwash? 
Alrighty, folks, everyone watching, you're going to be our judges today as we play, so pay attention. We've all gotten so used to companies telling us about the great things that they've done for the planet. Some of them are real and will actually have an impact, but most of them are... Greenwashing! So your job today is to decide if this story from Ford called Parts of Your Future Ford Could Be Made From Olive Trees... Is it really green or really... Greenwashing! Alright, here we go. Ford says that after the harvesting of these olive trees in Andalusia, Spain, which produces about 10% of the world's olive oil each year, the pruning creates 7 million tons of waste. So Ford engineers started this Compo Olive project at their Cologne, Germany plant to see if they could use olive tree waste to make parts for their cars. What they came up with is a composite that's 40% olive tree waste and 60% recycled polypropylene plastic. They heated and injection molded the new materials into parts for their Ford Focus and are now testing in real-world conditions to see how it holds up. Ford says they could potentially reduce the amount of plastic used in vehicle production, reduce auto parts carbon footprint, and use more recycled and renewable parts in its cars. Okay, folks, we'll give you a minute to make up your minds. Does Ford really care about the planet, or did they produce this video and send out their press release because they wanted to do a little... Greenwashing! Let us know in the comments below. We'll tally them up and let you know next week on... Is it Greenwashing? And while we're playing games, let's play another, shall we? It's time to play... Is it Bullshit? It's a lot like our last game. We're going to tell you about a car company that's working on some new tech, and it's up to you to decide... Is it Bullshit? Toyota... Bullshit! Hang on. Hang on. I haven't even finished yet. Toyota just restated what they announced back in June. They are planning on launching EVs with solid-state batteries with 10-minute fast charging and up to 750 miles, that's 1,200 kilometers, of WLTP range. And it must be real because Toyota put out a chart. Look-see. It says right there, solid-state one coming out in 2027 to 2028. But hang on, in 2027, 2028, the solid state one battery will have over a thousand kilometers of range. That's WLTP range, by the way. But what's your point? It's not till TBD that they're launching their 1200 kilometer battery. Don't worry. TBD is only TBD years away. It'll be here before you know it. And then Toyota says it will sell one third of all the EVs on the planet. Bullsh because they are the biggest automaker in the world, don't you know? So let us know down in the comments, folks. Is it bullshit? So the San Francisco Chronicle has compiled these charts of monthly data from the California Public Utilities Commission on vehicular miles traveled by Cruise and Waymo during driverless passenger service from 2022. So check them out. Here's Cruise. You can see most of their trips were unpaid until about September of last year. And then, of course, they had that accident in October where the cruise taxi ran over a pedestrian in the road and they allegedly didn't report it properly to the authorities and they got their license pulled. OK, but they did get over one hundred and sixty five thousand rides in August with about half of them paid. Uh, no, that's miles, not trips. Oh, miles. So what's the average trip length? Three point two miles. Okay, so 165 divided by 3.2, about 51,000 trips in August. And this chart of Waymo rides in San Francisco, um, so entirely unpaid, it looks there, until August, and then it switched to mostly paid rides. Wow, so 384,000 miles in November. 
So about 120,000 rides or about 4,000 a day. Yeah, San Francisco is the first American city to have two fleets of driverless vehicles competing for passengers. And starting last week in Phoenix, Arizona, Waymo is now driving on the highway. Good job, Waymo. You can drive on the highway. What a big boy you are. So to put this into perspective, 2 million miles for Waymo in San Francisco in 2023, um, 915,000 for Cruise. And for perspective, in October, Tesla had reached 500 million miles of cumulative driving in full self-driving beta, all without mapping. Oh my God, if I had a nickel for every time I hear this when I talk to people about EVs. Yeah, but do electric vehicles work in the cold? Well, we live in New England and we can tell you Tesla's sure do, but let's go somewhere colder. Let's go to Edmonton in Alberta, Canada. At Bruce, the Model 3 just posted this on X. He parked his 2022 Model 3 long range outside overnight, unplugged it, so it's in the cold, and I mean, it's a cold night. We're talking minus 32 degrees Celsius, minus 26 degrees Fahrenheit. And then even colder overnight. This is where we're starting to get to where Celsius and Fahrenheit <laughs> meet in the middle. Negative 43 degrees Celsius, negative 45 degrees Fahrenheit. Holy Oh, Canada. That is cold. For those of you in warmer places in the world, you're probably getting frostbite just hearing those numbers. So he left Bruce, his Model 3, at 78% state of charge for 12 hours unplugged to see what would happen in the morning. The next day. Okay, it's the next morning. Let's go out and see how Bruce did. Outside temperature, negative 37 degrees Celsius, negative 35 Fahrenheit. He heated the car remotely for 20 minutes from minus 30 Celsius to plus 20 Celsius. So a 50 degree Celsius swing. By the way, before he warmed it up, he hopped in it and drove it just a few meters to see if it would drive at that cold. And it did. No problemo. No problemo. Okay, so how much energy did Bruce use overnight? What was the vampire drain? Overnight, the battery went from 78% to 71% state of charge, a loss of 7% for 12 hours in minus 40 degree temps with sentry mode on. After warming the car for 20 minutes, Bruce used an additional 5%. So now the battery was at 66% and it was toasty warm inside. So there's your answer, folks. Even in unbelievably crazy cold conditions, temperatures where many ice vehicles, by the way, no pun intended, would have trouble starting because their lead acid batteries would struggle to turn the starter motor. Teslas have no problems. Thank you to Bruce the Model 3 and our editor Scott, who also lives in Edmonton, for this story. So if you remember Dieselgate from 2015, this next story may feel like deja vu. You may have heard by now that engine maker Cummins, which makes the diesel engines for the Ram 2500 and 3500 trucks, got caught with, you guessed it, defeat devices. That software that limits the nitrogen oxide pollution during emission tests, but then allows the diesel engines to spew pollution during normal operations. You know, driving around on roads anywhere outside of a testing station. 630,000 Ram 25 and 3500 pickup trucks from 2013 to 2019 were just recalled because they all had illegal cheat devices installed. Now, hey, Ralph. Hey, Doug. I'm installing fan belts today. What are you installing? Me? I'm installing diesel defeat devices. Hey, you know, we should get some lunch later. Sounds good. So a settlement was reached with both California and federal authorities in December, and the details are now coming out. Stellantis, which now owns Ram, has agreed to pay $1.675 billion in civil penalties, the largest penalty ever paid under the Clean Air Act. And then, funny enough, 
To round it up to an even $2 billion, Stellantis will be paying an additional $325 million to remedy environmental damage. California Attorney General Rob Bonta said, Let this settlement be a lesson. We won't let greedy corporations cheat their way to success and run over health and well-being of consumers and our environment along the way. Well, we will let them cheat for a decade, and then we'll give them a stern talking to and pretend to give a sh**. Come on. You may hear $2 billion and be like, yeah, we caught them and now they're going to pay and they'll never do it again. Grow the up, okay? $2 billion. It sounds like a big number to you and me, but consider this. In 2013, the first year of this Cummins Ramgate thing, Fiat Chrysler had revenue of $131.5 billion. In 2019, their revenue was $144.5 billion. So over those seven years, the total revenue was about... $980 billion, almost a trillion dollars. Do you really think this $2 billion settlement is anything other than a rounding error to them? They don't give a about their customers. They don't give a about the polluted air you breathe. Now look, it's not even the first time Fiat Chrysler did this. In 2019, 100,000 Eco Diesel Ram 1500 and Jeep Grand Cherokees were sold with Defeat devices. They paid $305 million to make it go away. And let me just put it to you this way. So long as there are diesel vehicles, there will never be an end to diesel gates. Because as long as you have a thing which is just, just wants to pollute, it just wants to, oh, just wants just seeping nitrogen oxide. And you have to put all sorts of stuff. Oh, let's, we'll give it some blue stuff. Pour some blue stuff on it. That'll fix it. As soon as, as long as you can make money by not doing something yep. or by cheating. That's what you're going to do. That's what they're going to do. By the way, as part of this settlement, Cummins gets to claim they did nothing wrong. Thousands of tons of excess emissions and they get to be like, here's some money. We didn't do nothing. And again, this is all in the air that you breathe. Yeah. Okay. This is all in the air that you breathe. Okay. So if if that's fine by you and you're like, oh, I love getting cancer. Yeah. No problem. Oh, oh, oh I can feel mm, my IQ dropping. Oh, I love that cancer. Give me some more of that. Good for you. Um, Here's the thing. If we switch over to electric vehicles, it's so much harder to do a diesel gate. Do you know how hard it would be for Tesla? They would have to go out of their way to install devices in their cars to pollute. It would be so much harder than to just put in a piece of software that would be like, you know, when it recognizes that the car is being tested for emissions, don't emit anything. But then as soon as you drive off, start emitting. Tesla can't do that. Tesla can't fake any of this because there's no way for the cars to do that. All right, it's time for the Cybertruck Roundup. Yeehaw! Another truck that can't emit anything. So Tesla Economics says the future just entered Beverly Hills to shop. And it appears this Cybertruck wants to go to Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills to do some shopping. Elon said, awesome. Ray said, Cybertruck is rumored to arrive in China as store display. If true, it would attract a lot of people to see it in person. I'm in a Chinese Cybertruck chat group with almost 500 members and all have Cybertruck pre-orders. I'm sure many would be stoked to see the real thing. Elon said, getting Cybertruck road legal in China would be very difficult, but we could ship some prototypes over for display. So it doesn't sound like you're going to get the Cybertruck in China anytime soon. I don't know what they'd have to do to it. I mean, it's bigger than most cars. Is that the problem? I don't know. Is it too shiny? Electrek reported this week on a post from the Cybertruck Owners Club, our sponsors, on a new non-Tesla employee owner who got their Cybertruck with what looks like 
defects. In this first photo, looking from the rear of the vehicle, it looks like the body panel is peeling off. And this second photo appears to be showing a rear door not aligned with the rear quarter panel. Now, it seems hard to believe that these defects could have gotten past quality control at Giga Texas. I mean, perhaps this happened en route. But even then, why wouldn't Tesla Associates catch them prior to delivery? But hang on. That was from Fred Lambert at Electrek, who got the story from our awesome sponsors, the Cybertruck Owners Club, your one-stop shop for everything Cybertruck. So why don't we get the story right from the customer himself, right from Cybertruck Owners Club. He said, okay, it seems there's a lot of debate regarding the quarter panel gap photo I took yesterday. So I took a few more photos and measured the gap. In my own opinion, I can't really tell unless I put my face into it. I met another forum user today and he agrees that it doesn't look bad at all. I tried to move or push it in, but there is zero movement. I was expecting this level of build quality when I submitted the order and honestly, I probably won't even bother to get it fixed. However, the right turn signal really bugs me. 30% of the time it doesn't work. I had to click on a specific spot to turn it on. This would definitely be an issue I'll address with Tesla. With that being said, be your own judge at delivery, and I surely hope Cybertruck's build quality improves over time. Okay, so these pictures don't make it look quite as big of a, a, an issue. Yeah, I mean, as he's saying, you kind of have to stand like straight on with it before you see any kind of like growing gap at all. Hmm. Sawyer Merritt says Cybertruck has a 9% better turning radius than a Ford F-150. Nick Cruz says, according to the manual with its four-wheel steering, Cybertruck has a turning circle, curb to curb, of 43 and a half feet. For context, the Ford F-150 Lightning, with a smaller size 32-inch tires, does it in 47.8 feet. And Elon said, we have further improvements in the works to tighten the turning circle significantly. Okay. How, do how you, can you... How do you do that? Yeah, how does software just, change the... Turn it more. It can give... It has just more to give? Give it more. Just <laughs> max it. Just crank it. And by the way, now that Cybertruck owners have started getting hold of their Cybertrucks, there is so much information about them on the Cybertruck Owners Club. Just like this, how far back can the front seats recline? There you go. Or what will my Cybertruck look like in my garage next to another Tesla? And did you know that Cybertruck has its own X account? Well, it does. And it posted this recently. And after it dumped, it posted, <laughs> all good. And Elon reposted this post from Tesla, the future driving the future. So yeah, head on over to our friends at the Cybertruck Owners Club. They help sponsor the show. Thank you so much for doing that. You're going to find everything about Cybertruck. There's so much more now because before it was all conjecture. Mm -hmm. Now there's real photos and real stories. So this week over on Now Let's Review, we tested out a battery-powered tire inflator, the P5 by Lexan. We've been using battery-powered tire inflators for a while now. They're especially useful to take along on e-bike rides in case you need to add some air to your tires during a trip. Really good to have, especially for fat tire e-bikes, which require a bigger volume of air than standard bike tires. So we go through the use cases. What does it work well on? And what it doesn't. We even used it on the Rivian R1T to see how it handles big truck tires. You can find out the results for this, along with so many other cool products. E-bikes, e-scooters, EV chargers, kitchen composters, smart watering systems, and more. Yeah, check it out on Now Let's Review. I'll bet you find some products that you'd like to learn more about. Okay, arguably one of the best car model names for an EV. The Dodge Charger. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool if they ever made it electric. The Charger was first released back in 1966, built on the Chrysler B platform. Can you believe it was categorized as midsize back then? Well, it only got two doors. <laughs> it's over 203 inches long. But Dodge claims they are going to make an all-electric Dodge Charger EV, and they say the pre-production vehicle is coming later this year. So Dodge said back in 2021 that they were going to retire the Charger brand. Yeah, but then in 2022, they showed off this. 
the all-electric Dodge Charger Daytona SRT Banshee concept with an 800-volt architecture. Yeah, but then we didn't hear much about it, so I assumed that it was just a typical big auto marketing BS thing. Uh, well, you're right. It kind of was. I mean, two years later, and the watered-down version, according to their latest press report, shows that it will be built on Stellantis's large platform. Stellantis platform? What, did you forget already that Stellantis owns Dodge? Remember, we just talked oh, about that. right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so the 800-volt architecture is gone. Instead, the two base models will have a 400-volt architecture with 455 horsepower. There'll also be a higher trim with 590 horsepower. Now, these images were released on Dodge's social media last week. No word yet on price, range, all that good stuff. So it sounds like Stellantis is taking a play from the Ford playbook with the Mustang Mach-E. Feel comfortable, everyone. It's a Dodge Charger. You know that brand, right? So stay awake. Stay with me here. Charger. Come on. Yeah, I feel like this is going to go very similar to the Mustang Mach-E, where there'll be an initial bit of sales. Diehard Dodge owners. And uh, well, I mean, at least, at least it is not a crossover. At least they're sticking to the class of vehicle at, at the very least. But I think what they're going to do is kind of what happened to the Mustang. They're going to kill off the brand. I mean, for years, Ford killed off the Mustang brand by building ever crappier versions of the Mustang, right? Until mm -hmm. it got to a point where no one even cared about the brand anymore. Sure. And I think they're going to do the same thing with the Charger. Not that it was a great looking car ever to begin with, but now I think they're going to put it on a crappy platform and everyone's going to be like, oh, and then they've just killed off that brand. Yeah, but at least they didn't make it a crossover. In September of 2022, Hawaii closed its last coal power plant. As of today, a new installation of 185 megawatts or 565 megawatt hours of Tesla Megapacks were installed on Oahu called Kopalai Energy Storage, and that just went online. That's 158 Tesla Megapack 2XL batteries. So Power Plus, which operates the battery, says that it is the most advanced battery in the world. Brandon Keefe, Power Plus's executive chairman, said, This is a landmark milestone in the transition to clean energy. It's the first time a battery has been used by a major utility to balance the grid, providing fast frequency response, synthetic inertia, and black start. This project is a postcard from the future. Batteries will soon be providing these services at scale on the mainland. Currently, Hawaii has the most expensive electricity prices in the U.S. at about 30 cents per kilowatt hour. Hopefully, these mega packs will help bring prices down by allowing Hawaii to store more of their one gigawatt of solar and wind generated. Okay, so one gigawatt can power about 750,000 homes. What's the entire population of Hawaii? Uh, it is about double that, 1.4 million. So they're about halfway there. Yeah, I mean, their goal is to be 100% by 2045. It looks like they're well on their way. But I want to go back to what uh, Brandon said here. He said that it's the first time that batteries have been used this way. I'm like... Haven't they been used this way in Australia? He did say one thing that I've never heard this term before. What's black start? Black start is when the grid goes down and down. This is, oh. this is where you normally are going to be, you know, taking your go bag and you're going to be, you know, you're going to be going to the bug out location. Okay. Because black start means the grid is da, 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 down. Oh, and it takes a while to restart it. 
normally, yeah, you normally have to make sure that all the power plants are in sync with each other mm -hmm. to start back up, mm. which you're like, what? You just turn everything back on? No. No, all the power plants have to be spinning at the same rate. Oh, I see. So on an island like Hawaii, where maybe the grid goes down because of like bad weather, yes. you might have to black start the entire island. Right. Because there's fewer power generation stations, there's a higher likelihood of that happening. It would be faster to start up. Um, so, you know, your bug out location would probably be the beach since you're on Hawaii. I would just go to Mark Zuckerberg's new bunker. I, I think that that would be a hop in place. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure he'll invite you in. Just show him your Facebook account. <laughs> exactly. We're friends, Mark. We're friends. So we discussed this on our other channel, Disruptive Investing, last week, why legacy media are misleading you when they say that BYD is surpassing Tesla. You can check that out if you want and find out why they're wrong. But feeding stories like that are stories like this. BYD's first cargo ship has been delivered on January 9th. It's been named BYD's Explorer Number no. 1. And it's the first vessel built by a Chinese shipyard designed for exporting domestic vehicles. Domestic in this case, meaning Chinese vehicles. <laughs> Correct. Uh, the 653-foot, 199-meter ship built by China International Marine Containers Group, is now loading up in Shenzhen with 7,000 BYD EVs headed for Europe. Good news is it doesn't use big, stinky diesel engines. Instead, it's propelled by liquefied natural gas, which CIAMC says will significantly reduce emissions. BYD has had trouble so far getting sales in Europe, but maybe now with this dedicated ship and the fact that the Houthis supposedly won't shoot at it as it passes through the Red Sea, that might all help BYD. If you live in Europe and have any experience with BYD EVs, please share with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Yeah, because I think the big selling point for BYDs as they hit Europe shores are going to be that they're a lot cheaper. Hmm. So that's the question. Will Europeans go for these cheaper EVs, which probably, I don't know, probably are not up to the same quality standards. But if you can get them cheaper, maybe they do the trick. All right. I want to thank our friend Ellie from her Ellie and Space channel for covering space news for us every week. Take it away, Ellie. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Boy, it has been a crazy busy week for the space industry. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Elon Musk actually gave a talk to celebrate the accomplishments of 2023 for the SpaceX team and also look ahead to 2024. During that talk, we found out finally what was the cause of the explosion during the second test flight that was on November 18th. Elon revealed during his talk that flight two actually almost made it to orbit. He said, in fact, ironically, if it had a payload, it would have made it to orbit because the reason that it didn't actually quite make it to orbit was we vented the liquid oxygen and the liquid oxygen ultimately led to fire and an explosion. He says they wouldn't have normally had that liquid oxygen if they had had a payload. 
We also know that SpaceX is targeting net February or no earlier than February for the third test flight of Starship. So could be happening next month. I think that they'll actually be ready. And of course, if that launch happens, I fully intend to cover it. We also found out that Starlink will be releasing a mini Starlink. So this will be about the size of an iPad and it should be able to fit in your backpack. And I have to mention the Vulcan debut launch that was on January 8th. This was ULA's Vulcan rocket, which has been delayed for quite some time now, but they had a tremendous successful launch. However, the Peregrine mission aboard has not been able to share the same success. Unfortunately, Peregrine suffered a serious propellant leak shortly after separating from Vulcan's upper stage and this has caused a lot of problems. Peregrine is carrying 20 payloads for a variety of customers including NASA. Astrobotics latest update on Saturday says that the propellant leak has slowed considerably to a point where it's no longer the team's top priority. So a soft landing on the moon is not possible. This just further proves that space is hard, but again, the Vulcan launch was a success and I wanna offer a major congratulations to Tori Bruno and his team. So yeah, a lot of news in just one week. It's crazy how busy January has already been for the space industry. I just got back from CES, so if you wanna see what my experience was like, you can check out my channel, Ellie in Space, and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Ellie. And speaking of space, Elon posted this on X. The first Starlink direct from satellite to mobile phone text messages are working. And Ben Longmere, who works at Starlink, says it feels very surreal that the team is now walking around the SpaceX campus texting each other from our off-the-shelf and unmodified test phones sending normal 4G LTE data packets up to our first six satellites and back down to the other test phones. And at least one U.S. federal agency seems to be on Elon's side, at the moment at least. According to Bloomberg, NASA released a statement last Thursday saying the agency does not have evidence of noncompliance from SpaceX. Maybe NASA should take a closer look at companies like Boeing instead, since they appear to be making planes with doors that might blow off in flight. Elon said, I and all employees of SpaceX passed random drug testing for years. NASA received all those results. And Elon tweeted, Dragon taking astronauts to space station next week, which is this week. And as Ellie talked about, SpaceX posted on their X the 2023 All Hands meeting. So, so many cool things were in here. I mean, Elon talked about the record 96 Falcon launches, Dragon more times to orbit than the space shuttle fleet ever Mo yeah more trips to iss than space shuttle anyway go check it out if you have time and our buddy farzad Mazbai, he has a shortened version of it if you don't want to watch the full hour-long version hmm. go follow farzad on x to watch it all right it's time for into the future sponsored by our friends at henson shaving um i still love my henson razor even though obviously i've been growing out my beard um I mean, I'm allowed to grow out a beard of course. once in a while. So winter beard, when I do shave it off, and He's, believe exactly, me, I will. You still need a shaver. Um, I'm going to be using it. You can go get your Henson razor using the link below. If you use the code now, you know, at checkout, you can get 200 shaves for free. So Hyundai Doosan showed off its Concept X, the all-electric excavator at CES 2024. So check this out and tell me it doesn't look like the future. So this is what they drew back in 2020. And this is the concept prototype that they showed off at CES. I feel like I have used this, like it looks like something from like Red Alert 2 or something. Imagine towing that to your worksite with a Cybertruck. Mm. Look at those four articulating tank feet. So it uses electric actuators throughout the machine instead of traditional hydraulics. 
Oh, that's nice. Um, but something seems to be missing. You noticed. No operator cab. That's because the plan is for these to operate on what Hyundai is calling its site transformation technology suite. That's site with an X. So autonomous construction trucks? That's the idea. Although Hyundai says the excavator is coming first, uh, maybe even later this year, and that the other two trucks, the articulated hauler and the compact wheel loader, are expected to arrive next year. So they're going to have autonomous features ready that soon? Well, Hyundai says that they've been listening to customers about the lack of qualified operators. But they'll have the software and hardware ready this year? It does seem kind of fast. But I mean, I've been on plenty of construction sites with big equipment, and these machines operate very repetitive tasks very slowly, something that autonomy should be able to do really well at. In fact, you could argue that because they don't get tired or distracted and they have more sensors, they'll probably be able to get more done safer than the average human operator once they're fully trained. I mean, I think we think like, oh my God, this is a hard task. But compared to driving a car on a highway at 80 miles an hour autonomously, Driving around five miles an hour on a work site and not bumping into people in buildings isn't that hard. Well, and I mean, especially since they're autonomous now, they could be doing a whole bunch of work at night. Exactly. So that way, you know, all the workers go home, the workers that could have been crushed by the excavator. It happens. Um, and now you come to work the next morning to a nice fresh pit yeah. to do the work in. And also overnight, it's doing it very quietly as opposed to a diesel excavator. So, yeah, no, and, I agree. And it could take a much longer time, even if right. it absolutely sucks at it, takes a really long time. It doesn't matter because it has like 12 hours where the guys aren't there. Next up, it's going green. And let's look at another excavator here. Global construction equipment manufacturer Caterpillar showed off their massive electric products at CES last week, like this, an electric zero emission R1700XE LHD underground loader mining rig. And the zero emissions part is a big deal because when you're working in an underground mine, any emissions, like from traditional diesel engines, get immediately breathed in by the humans working down there. So that's why so much time and money has to be spent on massive ventilation systems. Yeah, the R1700 has a 16.5 ton payload and a top speed of 11 miles an hour, which down in a mine must seem really fast. And according to Caterpillar, its battery can charge in less than 20 minutes. And Cat showed off their 301.9 electric mini excavator. Now, unlike Bobcat and Hyundai, which replaced hydraulics with electric actuators, Caterpillar decided decided to stick with hydraulics on this model. I guess it was, according to them, to make existing customers more likely to embrace it, which I... Hey, it's got that crappy technology I on love it. those hoses that ah, burst. I love it when those leak. You know you're in the middle of a job and the hose bursts and you gotta go, ah, oh, gotta f***ing fix this goddamn thing again. God damn it. Yeah, I love that. It ah, makes me feel so comfortable. great. Because, I, of course, I'm going to be the one fixing the hose. I'm not going to know what to do when it doesn't break. <laughs> um, That's how I tell if I'm lifting something too heavy. It's a 48-volt, 32-kilowatt-hour battery for three hours of continuous runtime. Um, so going back to that massive underground loader, to get those fast charging speeds, Caterpillar developed this, Cat's BESS, or Battery Electric Charging System. Basically, it's a gigantic battery that can be slowly charged off of grid or generator but can pump massive DC charges onto the loader for those fast charging speeds. Yeah, and I mean, it's great to see Caterpillar, which is a giant in the construction vehicle industry, with $59 billion in revenue last year, moving forward with electric options. I just hope that Caterpillar doesn't actually listen to their customers that much, because I think you should move away from things that we just had to do, like, oh, well, there's no other way to get one to work without hydraulics. If you can do it with electric motors, by all means. Mm. I wouldn't want to see Optimus walking around with hydraulics. Mommy, my robot <laughs> leaked! But what if your mine is so far away from civilization that you don't have a grid to charge from? Well, Volvo CE, 
Rolls-Royce and air burners have developed this. Green porta potties? <laughs> no, those aren't toilets. They're EV chargers. Oh. See the yellow cables going to the construction equipment? Oh, okay. But what powers them? Wood. This is called the biocharger, and it uses what they are calling air curtain technology to burn wood and waste on a closed loop system. The heat is converted to electricity and stored in each of its 450 kilowatt hour batteries. As Air Burners president Brian O'Connor says, while the electric machinery becomes increasingly popular in the fight against climate change, when it comes to forest management, we must have practical solutions for charging electric machinery away from traditional power sources. The Air Burners biocharger provides that solution in an economical and environmentally conscious way. Okay, so I get that if you're out in the forest clearing trees, hopefully sustainably, that you need a source of electricity if you don't want to use electric trucks and machines. But doesn't burning wood create CO2? Well, Airburners points out that just in the U.S., more than 70 million tons of wood waste are collected every year, but more than half of that waste is just burned in open burn pits or left to rot, which releases CO2. They claim that using the biochargers closed loop burning system, they significantly reduce harmful particulate matter and GHGs and greenhouse gases compared to open burning. But explain this air curtain technology. Okay, so they say the primary purpose of the air curtain is to create a secondary burn chamber. The air curtain is like a lid covering the opening in a firebox. The particles of smoke rising on the hot gases of the fire are trapped under the air curtain. These smoke particles are then reburned and their size is significantly reduced. With this reduced size, they can now escape through the air curtain and appear more like waves of heat than smoke. The result is a very clean burn with opacities well under 10% per EPA method 9 testing as compared to open burning, which typically can run at 80 to 100% opacity. I mean, personally, I would just rather set up some wind turbines and some solar panels. Well, I mean, I totally agree with you, but having electric equipment has an industry reevaluating their own process. They're looking into ways uh, of how to be more efficient, which of course this is. I think that, you know, normally you would just have diesel trucks and for decades and decades and decades, there is absolutely no innovation. They're not trying to even burn the wood more efficiently. Um, and if they were, it was just to be nice. Now they get to burn the wood more efficiently, not create all the particulates and generate electricity from it, which they're now going to be able to, to just charge their, their stuff with. My argument wins, though, because wind and solar clean, no questions asked. Mm -hmm. uh, they argue, you know, oh, you don't want logs to rot. Yes, you do. The whole point of a log sitting in a forest rotting, first of all, it releases that CO2 over a long period of time. And that's what regenerates all of the nutrients into the forest. Mm. If you burn it, uh, you don't. Hmm. So uh, to me, it's like that's just bad forest management. Now, I get in certain places you want to clean that up because you don't want to have big forest fires. But that's largely because we did bad forest management for 100 years. And so now we're making up for it. Hmm. All right, it's time for sunspots. When you think about places with solar, I bet you don't often think about Ohio. No. No, I don't usually think about Ohio. Well, maybe you should, because Ohio just turned the switch on for its biggest solar farm, the 577 megawatt Fox Squirrel solar farm in Madison County, west of Columbus, Ohio. 1.4 million solar panels and 159 inverters. During peak construction, 650 workers were installing 10,000 panels per day. The solar developer claims it has the largest electrical substation ever built. What? <laughs> in Ohio or just in the world? Uh, it said in the world. Why? I mean, maybe the U.S. I don't know. 
Or maybe it's just the biggest one they've seen. I don't know. Uh, I just looked it up. Ohio is currently number 22 in the nation in terms of solar production. So right smack dab in the middle. But get this. Ohio is expected to be building 8,960 megawatts over the next five years, which should jump it up to the number four spot in the U.S. Way to go, Ohio. But I mean, okay, it's going to jump to the number four spot if no more solar was added in the entire United States. That's a good point. I don't know how these things are. Yeah. Because it, other states are adding solar. They too. are. I know. It's true. I mean, we just talked about, we talked about states like West Virginia. So it's yeah, true. it'll be interesting to see if they, if they do move up. But I mean, I, it's one of those states you don't think much about, right? But if you back up and you look, it's a big state, mm-hmm. a lot of sun, mm-hmm. like perfect for solar. Hey, and if you'd like to put solar on a big part of your house that uh, really isn't needed, which is your roof, uh, talk to our friends. The Ohio of your house, your roof. You could jump up to the number four <laughs> spot by talking to our friends at Energy Pal. They'll help you go solar and batteries for less. And they know all of the rebates, all of that stuff that you don't know, they keep up on it. So let them know that Zach and Jesse sent you and they will do it for free. All right, it's time for video contributor stories. Remember, we need your story. Send them to us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week, Jess? Daniel sent us a story about his new Tesla charger with a built-in J1772 adapter. Hey, I thought I would show the new Tesla uh, Universal uh, EV charger. So I bought this. I have a Ford Lightning, and I also have uh, a Tesla Model Y. And so I had this wall charger uh, to fit both vehicles. And so it has the uh, adapter built in. So if you push the button on the adapter, the J1772 comes out, plugs right into the Ford Lightning. You can't remove the Tesla handle from the adapter, but when you Pull the adapter out, it's locked in place, just like the magic dock at the superchargers. Push in, you can actually hear it lock in there. Let's see if you can hear it. Yeah, so there's an internal lock. Then you can pull out the uh, regular Tesla charge cable. Thought I'd show you guys, pretty cool. This one's also shared power with one I have installed on the other side of the fence. And so you set the maximum amount of amperage that can come through this circuit and then they adjust accordingly when you plug in another vehicle. It balances out the amperage as you guys already know, I'm sure. But uh, built-in adapter, really cool. Well, that's cool how you can hear the uh, the motor click there. Yeah, it's, it's like a little magic dock. It really is cool. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And on Patreon this week, we got uh, first reactions to Cybertruck on the streets of San Francisco. And then Tesla tricked you. Along with Investor Club bonus stories on Lucid, Mobileye, AI, and what happened to Proterra, and much more. So head over to patreon.com slash now you know and support us for just a buck a month and you'll get all of these amazing Patreon bonus stories. All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the poll. What was the question? Is the Model 3 performance gone for good? What do people say? Uh, no. <sighs> That's what people I hope say. they're right. Ninety-three <laughs> percent. I hope they're right. They they think that it will be back. Okay. I don't know. All right, it's time for Elon's X's of the week, and he changed his title. He's now the chief troll officer. Amy Nelson says, when Elon bought X, I was upset because it was harder to keep up with the media and the news here. And now I get it. I wasn't keeping up with the news. I was being served only the news that the corporate media, controlled by an elite few, wanted me and you to see. Elon said exactly. Doge designer says Elon Musk's first website, Zip Two. Elon says, not the prettiest thing in the world. P. 
Peter Sweden says, we are fed up. Thousands of German farmers have arrived in Berlin to protest against planned fuel tax increases. Do you support the farmers? Jan says, I do. Pierre Farragou says, turning gossip into facts. The obsession of the journal with Musk and Tesla remains a mystery to me. Talking about the Wall Street Journal here. Elon says, it's definitely not mutual. I don't even have a subscription. TMZ has vastly higher standards than the Wall Street Journal, actually. Holmar's catalog says, congratulations, Tesla. For the first time, the best-selling car in the world is electric and can run advanced driving AI. May there never be an ICE car topping the bestsellers list again. Elon said the industry experts said this was impossible. Sawyer Merritt says, this is hilarious. The Wall Street Journal suggested Elon may have been on drugs during this private all-hands company talk in 2017, and at the times, incomprehensible. Now SpaceX has released the talk publicly for the first time. Elon said during the talk, he didn't really sleep the night before. He pretty much sounds like he always does during unscripted talks, stumbling on his words here and there and actually a bit silly, but I failed to see how this means he was on drugs. We now know he has Asperger's. I encourage people to watch the full talk really puts into perspective how far SpaceX has come in the last six and a half years. Elon said, yeah, I was running on very little sleep for several days due to extreme work requirements. Worth noting that Tesla was very close to bankruptcy in 2017. The Wall Street Journal has become so desperate for circulation that they lie on a regular basis. And the Wall Street Journal are a bunch of clowns that deserve no respect. Anyone on say explains why organizations like the Wall Street Journal are so desperate that they will torch their integrity. And this is uh, from the missing data report. The beginning of the social media era coincided with a nearly $40 billion collapse in newspaper advertising revenue. Then X announced there'll be three new people on X doing their shows, Don Lemon, Tulsi Gabbard, and Jim Rome. Tim Urban says at least half of the nastiest comments I see on X are from recently created accounts with less than 20 followers. What's the goal in creating bots? Elon says bots are the devil. Sigh. I think a simple AI applied to comments should solve this. Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, says Texas has transported over 100,000 migrants to sanctuary cities to relieve overwhelmed border towns. Until Biden reverses course on this open border policies, Texas will continue transporting migrants to these cities. We will not back down on our efforts to secure the border. Elon said open borders will kill America. Ian says Elon Musk has done absolutely nothing to deserve the legacy media's constant daily attacks. It's actually insane if you think about what they're doing. And then Maliran said he did. He gave a platform to free speech. And Elon said, yep. Christopher Stanley says, CNBC says, X was hacked. This is not a true statement. And so Community Notes did say the truth. X was not hacked. The SEC account was compromised. Elon said, that's how the legacy media runs. Elon says, this is what happens when you run out of hotel rooms. Soon cities will run out of schools to vacate. Then they will come for your homes. Elon said, they've run out of hotel rooms, are kicking kids out of school for illegal housing, and now they want your homes too. Doge Designer says, legacy media won't last for even one day if they can get Community Noted live while on air. Elon said, yeah. You want to say the current legacy media is a threat to civilization. Elon said, true. Eva Fox says, it's crazy how much hate Elon Musk faces from the media and politicians in the US and Europe. The man literally gave three decades of his life to create something that would improve, prolong, or save people's lives, which proves his love for humanity. Elon says, shifting power back to the people means taking it away from the political class and their puppets in the press. Paul Graham says, optimism is one of the most powerful forces in the world. Europe is really missing out by foregoing it in order to seem sophisticated or whatever the reason is. Elon said, there is pervasive pessimism in Europe and many parts of America. It is taught in the schools. Jeff says, the Vegas Loop is operating at full capacity today. So many cars. Elon said, high throughput by Boring Company. Robert Scoble says, you will soon talk with AI-powered NPCs in video games. Elon said, that'll be wild. X News says, justice has prevailed. X has successfully fought for its users' right to free speech. The University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign has rescinded its disciplinary action against Juan David Capolargo, dropping all charges and closing the case. 
Elon said, as promised, this platform will fight for your freedom to speak. We expect many such battles in the future. Freedom of speech is the bedrock of democracy. Without it, America ends. Farzad said, can someone explain to me why Nikki Haley is so popular? Elon said, yeah, it's weird. NBC News says Elon Musk drew a swift rebuke from two of the nation's best known civil rights organizations after he criticized efforts by United Airlines and Boeing to hire non-white pilots and factory workers. And Community Notes noted them, saying misleading headline. This is what Elon actually said. Merit should be the only reason for hiring, especially for jobs where your family's lives are at stake. And Elon said the news lies because they just did. The Daily Mail said Elon Musk post inflammatory tweet claiming migrants will come for your homes after New York City schools switch children to remote learning to house border crossers during storm. Elon said, I am literally just repeating what the mayor of New York and governor of Massachusetts said. Then he tweeted out to thine own self be true. Then he said Earth already receives about the same energy from the sun in an hour than humanity consumes in a year. Solar panels just need to catch a tiny amount of it to power our entire civilization. And he went to a monster truck rally in Austin with little X. Do you think they're going to have a Cybertruck um, monster truck? Oh, that would be awesome. Come on. Let's ha- let's get one. With added sounds, do you think? Or just no, silent? Let it be silent. Just silent Cybertruck. Because the- then it would go up in the air and go. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King says, New Year's resolution, Waffle House once a month. Elon says, don't want to be a snob or anything, but I prefer IHOP. Not the Bee says, record 43% of Americans now identify as independent. Elon said, good. Sean McGuire says, imagine if instead of spending $1.7 trillion on the F-35 program, America spent $1.7 trillion reshoring manufacturing centered around cheap drone production. Elon said, U.S. military strategy is primarily centered around a relatively small number of expensive units, far too many of which are crude. This is a fundamental mistake. The outcome of any given battle is probable kill ratio times number of units. He knows his battle stuff. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Remember, share your stories and your photos and videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. All right, what do we got, Jess? Daniel spotted this midnight cherry Model Y in, in Uster, Switzerland. Terry saw this truck towing a bunch of Fisker Oceans in Lake Elsinore, California. Jonathan sent us this email. The past four years, I wanted to buy a Tesla, but unfortunately, the prices were slightly out of my budget. With the end of the year price drops, plus the incentives from the federal EV tax credit in New York State, the price of the Model 3 became within my reach. Last Sunday, December 10th, I took delivery of my first Tesla, a Model 3 rear-wheel drive. Congratulations, Jonathan. That's awesome. Steven saw this Lucid Air in Cleveland, Ohio. Jeff spotted this Rivian Amazon delivery van in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Jerome saw this teal Model Y with matching wheels in Stonecrest, Georgia. like the matching wheels. Well, that's cool. JD sent us these pictures of the Tesla owners of Maryland Holiday Party. Hey, everybody. Rav sent us these pictures of a matte black Cybertruck. Oh, I like the rear there. Mm. Rob saw these Starlink dishes for sale at his local cost. Costco in Candiac, Quebec. Damon saw these three Cybertrucks at a supercharger in Austin, Texas. I think we've been to that. Yeah, one. we just charged at that one. <laughs> and Risa spotted this holographic wrapped Model X in San Diego, California. Nice. I feel like we've seen that one before. <laughs> All right, it's time for our supercharger reviews. Let's see what we got out there in the world. Hey, Zach and Jesse Morgan here, uh, coming to you from the Penticton, British Columbia supercharger station that's just newly opened for this summer. Um, it's located right off of 97, the main highway in. Um, and it's uh, just at the top, right by the channel, so it's super easy to get to. Um, Penticton is located between two freshwater, huge freshwater lakes, like Skaha to the south and Lake Okanagan to the north. And in this complex, there's uh, a ton of amenities. So while you're after you drive up here, you supercharge, you can get a Starbucks, an A and W. There's uh, a PharmaSave and groceries and other things there, so you can get yourself all set up for your vacation in Penticton, and then head off to your motel down by the lake and enjoy your stay while your car gets supercharged. 
Uh, I would give this uh, in the summertime a 10 out of 10 and in the wintertime I would give it a 5 out of 10 because every, most things are closed in the winter but it's still a great stop in the Thompson Okanagan Valley. Now you know. Hey Zach and Jesse, it's Oz here from the Sustainable Orange YouTube channel. I'm here at the Tongham UK uh, version 3 supercharger. Um, saw that you guys mentioned this was opened and it happened to be quite near me so I thought I'd come down and check it out. It's uh, 8 stall, V3, 250 kilowatts, based at the Hogsback Hotel, um, and it's got a pretty decent view actually um, over the South Downs, which is kind of somewhere over here behind a hedge. But you can go and uh, sit in a lovely outdoor seating area, and um, there's a bar and a restaurant, so you can uh, get some food and drink. And the hotel also has leisure facilities. Um, and uh, the only downside to here so far seems to be that you have to register your registration plate at reception. Otherwise you get an automated fine for parking here. But other than that, I think it's pretty good. Uh, I would give this probably a seven out of 10. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jerry. This is the eighth stall at Woodstock, New Brunswick. It's a truck stop and it has food, washrooms, there's a Tim Hortons over there, there's even a picnic table. So this gets a 10 out of 10. Hey Zach and Jesse, it's David reporting from Shelbyville, Indiana with my brand new 2022 Tesla Model Y Performance. Love the car, had it for about 10 weeks and I've got 9,000 miles on already and saved about $900 in fuel cost over driving my uh, 2017 Civic, which was my prior vehicle. This uh, supercharger is right off of Interstate 74. There's a Culver's right here. There's also a Cracker Barrel right about here. So very convenient. You really don't know it's back here unless you're looking at your uh, location map, uh, but uh, yeah, 250 kilowatts. I'd give this probably about an eight because of its location in the restaurants. Thanks again, Zach and Jesse. Keep doing a great job. And I, I love that last one there, talking about how much money he saved. So many people forget this, I think. They forget that you're going to save money when you switch from an ICE to an EV. Mm -hmm. So thanks for pointing that out. And thanks for pointing out that it was kind of hidden, that supercharger. Yeah. It makes it easier to find. And if you want to upload your own supercharger reviews, you can do so on our website at nowyouknowchannel.com. Yeah, it's real easy to do. All right. What do we got for new superchargers in the world? We got the three stall in Qingtai, China. We got the four stall 120 kilowatt in Urumqi, China. Number 127 in the UK is the 12 stall in Bromley. Number 104 in Japan is the six stall in Mai Kawago, Japan. Number 426 in California is the 16 stall in Lancaster, California. Number 41 in Colorado is the 12 stall in Rifle. The three stall in Putian, China. The three stall in Jiamen, China. The three stall in Taizu, China. Number 58 in Washington is the 16 stall in Tacoma. The 6 stall in Jihua, China. Number 1940 in China is the 3 stall in Zhengzhou. And number 74 in Virginia, number 2135 in the United States, and 5,997 in the world is the 12 stall in Hopewell, Virginia. Oh, we're almost at 6,000. We're going to hit that next week, That's I bet. amazing. That's so awesome. Wow, thank you, everybody, for hanging around to the end of the show. Uh, we put a lot of work into the show, and the only way we can do it are these people that you're seeing going by here. These are patrons who support us. Um, and if you want to go be one of those awesome people 
please do try it out. For a buck a month, you can see all the Patreon bonus stories that we do. I'd urge you just go check it out. See if you think it's worth it for you because we put a lot of work and extra content over there because we love hanging out with our patrons. We love giving you extra stuff because you help support what we do. We can't do the work we do without your help. It's just not possible. So thank you so much to everyone who supports this show. Thank you so much for watching. We're going to see you next week. Now you know. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.